The Rooted in Love Show. Life spoken from the roots of those who adapt to reach the sunlight. We stay rooted in love. We stay grounded. We get up straight from above. We stay rooted. We stay rooted in love. We stay grounded. Welcome back to the Rooted in Love show. Angelo T. Robinson. I'm Mario Robinson. I'm Gerald Robinson. And when we left off last time, I was talking to my beautiful, wonderful wife here, Train Robinson. Yes. I'm going to throw that in. Father's Day is tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm plug myself. But we were, we were on the same ship in the Navy, and she was telling the situation that I remember that happened. So we're going to let her finish that story that she was telling you were about saying something you got she discovered. Yes. So, um, the interrogation um, began, and oh, and let's, we we really had to recap because we you said that there was a fuel leak a in fuel the bottom oil, of the yeah ship. so a fuel oil leak and it's within fifty nautical miles so that's no bueno it and wasn't so just little, we went to general quarter and then later on uh, next thing you know I was called in to be interrogated so there was a everyone got you know was. We were in line. There was a board of like maybe nine or ten people. And basically, it's like a U-shape. they all sitting around and there's a chair right in the spotlight sun. And they ask you all these questions. And then they take their notes. And then the next round, they said that they want, they eliminated people from their list. And somehow, I ended up in all three rounds. And I'm like, I don't understand. So I'm the one who discovered the oil leak, and yet I'm the one get questioned all three rounds. And so it's not until this one senior chief, um, he's pulled me to the side, and he was like, I'm going to be honest with you, and I want you to understand this, and I want you to continue to do what you are doing because I think you are doing a wonderful job. But they're trying to aim at you because you're the female. Right. Yes. That's what it felt like. It sounds like that. And so the more that I spent serving the military, the more I realized that the military did not deserve me. If I can put it that way, right. usually people say, "Oh, I don't, des- you know, I don't deserve the military. I don't deserve to be in the military." Right. No, in this case, it, from what I experienced, I don't believe that the military yeah. deserves me to be worth. part of uh, yeah. their team. Right. It sounds like you were giving them your all, and every I'm talking about doing things that you probably wasn't fully equipped to do as far as just right. being in those the areas that you was in. Yeah. And you made a way to you fought yeah. through that and then yeah. to to. To almost get blamed for things yeah. you didn't do. That's that's a lot of hazing was going on down there. Right. Um, the guys forced me to chew Copenhagen and made me swallow it. Oh wow! Um, yes. Pink belly me. This is um, you're right. talking about. I'm the female. Right. Yeah. Man, I used to hate that Copenhagen stuff. Oh, right. But but that's big around here. Everybody when we grew up hated <laughs> that. Like, Man, but but you survived that though. I did, and you know what? There was another. There was another case where I saved the military money, and speak it, on it. 
They may not realize it, but I did save them money because I was the lower, I was the lower, um, I was up, no, actually I was on the upper deck, upper level. And whenever I go to each equipment, I usually, this is just how I do it. I don't know about the guys, but I can only speak for myself. I usually feel to know how it feels normally when it's running good. And then I hear, try to understand and learn the sound of the equipment and then the smell and then the look. Okay. So then when I, um, so when I walked on top of, there's a HP turbine is high pressure turbine and there's an LP turbine, which is a low pressure turbine. So when I walked across the HP turbine, it was fine, but it wasn't until I walked and stand on top of the LP turbine, I felt there was something wrong. So I went and told my chief and I told my chief, I said, there's something wrong with the LP turbine. And the LP turbine is not Navy owned. I think it was um, borrowed or rented right. out from a okay, private third company, party. right? Third party. So I told my chief and I said, um, there's something wrong with the LP turbine. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel normal. And he was like, no, I think it's just your imagination, whatever. I said, no chief. I know how my equipment feel. I know how I feel. I right. said, but you have to trust me. So then he came out and I had him stand there. And then he stood there for a while and I think he felt it. And then he called Jennifer. We called, we came, we came to a halt stop in the middle of the sea. Everybody, we took the LP turbine apart, right? Took the top. Chief and a couple other guys took all their jewelry, their watches, everything, just their t-shirt and their um, coverall. They tied it, went down there. There was a piece of metal that was broken off from it. The blade. Ooh, that would have just went in and shredded. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can you imagine Ooh. if I did not catch that and it kept on doing that? The it would tear out the water. Oh, wow. General quarters, that's another one that we didn't explain. It's uh, GQ, if we call it, is... If something major happens on the ship that could be detrimental to life or ship systems, you call general quarters. Everybody put on your battle mask, get your battle gear. Everybody has a position to go to. You're already trained for that, and you you might be manning the phone. She might be over here. I know I was interior communication, so we had to put on. We had all the sound power phone, so they could you could talk to different people between the gotcha. ships. And that's it was like everybody on the ship had whatever. to the alert, and you everybody had to be accounted for too. Yeah. So they would say, you know, call you off, and if Gerald was sneaking off. Somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, and he didn't meet the muster. Then they're gonna call man overboard. Then he gonna get in trouble because he wasn't found. So it was a whole system of things you had to okay. do when that emergency happened that she called for. That then that way they can decide what what's going that on. That goes back to that paying attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. You know, OCD. And they, it's crazy <laughs> that they trained you to be that way, but then it's almost like they didn't respect when you acted on it. When you when you used because it. because I'm a female. Um, because you're a woman. Right. And so, um, somewhat I felt as if I was being undermined for, you know. Did you, like, that made you feel like it got better over time? Even, even, uh, I guess that right before you left, like, did it improve? Well, um, I don't know because I left because for a medical reason, at some point I broke out in chronic urticaria. Okay. I was, I went, to the emergency for a few times. I mean, like almost died at one point. Oh wow! Because whatever it was, it, it, it I broke out in hives internally and externally, and 
they gave me, you know, epinephrine, doses of epinephrine, and ambulance came and they took me off and all that. Yeah. It was bad. So. So was that that your exit from the Navy? That was at my exit from the ship. The ship. And then I had shore duty. Okay. And I just finished it. I think the last time I remember seeing you was like in 1995. Yeah. So many yes. years total did you do it in the Four. I just did my contract and okay, ran that out. Four. I finished it. I didn't cop out of it or anything like oh, that. Okay. I didn't use any excuses. Yeah, it's nothing about anything you told us this far that makes me believe you're a quitter or no. somebody I, that gives she, up. She gave up. Really? She did because I asked her out twice while we was on the show. I was like, I was about to do that, but I didn't want to <laughs> no, know what I'm saying. She was, you know, she'd be sitting up there all, you know, looking all nice and pretty. I was a gentleman. I right. up and she was real quiet and real, you know, didn't really talk a lot to people. So I walked up to her and asked her. She'd say she do don't you remember, remember that. that? She don't remember these things, but I remember. He didn't and get I, Georgia, I did. I did. I did. I he was always walking around like prissy, like. I'm from Atlanta. We was clean. Yeah, the tell you. I had shiny boots. Like shiny boots. Crease on his crease. overall. I mean, like. Starch. Clean crease. You could cut a razor on my uniform. You right. Look, you could cut a razor on my crease. You right there, clean for a minute, man. man. You look like you did, man. Exactly. Thank you. That's what she's trying to say. Listen. Mm. Anyway, I asked her out, and she, she was real nice with it, though. She was real polite with the letdown. Easy letdown. And then I asked her again, and she was real polite with that one. No, I'm working tonight. But no, it was, it was good. It was like, like I said, last time I remember seeing it was about around the middle, end of 95, somewhere in that range. Okay. But you know, I think that the Navy, I had some bad experiences, but in a lot of sense, I made a lot of great friends there, yes. too. Yes. And, um, Subscribe to the Rooted in Love show for weekly updates and free giveaways. What I did was I took the experiences, whether it's good or bad, to help me be a better person and a stronger person. So I think um, a lot of people, most of the time, when they go through some bad things, they kind of like, linger onto it and right. just be really bitter and right. right. be like, yeah. oh, I hate men now because they did this. I, I could have been like that. Right. But then I chose not to because I'm like, mm. what good will it do to me, for me? Right. Because this world is full of men and full of women and I can't just go around hating because it was just that particular individual or whatnot like that. So. Okay. Like you said, I mean, like, I, the chief of engineer who could Chief of engineer, they change out every so often. And I remember this one particular chief of engineer. I would be walking down the hallway with a pump and a tool bag and all that. And he, he is a big, big guy. Shove me against a wall. Get out of my... I'm like... Can you? So you see all those? Right. How can I stay in the military to serve them? To, right. to, to, to serve our country when the people are my... For, Treat me like that. Well, she had your six. Yeah. Right. yeah. So then, again, back to, you know, remember I said, mentioned that I uh, applied for citizenship yes, when I had age 16. When I was in the military, I applied again. So hoping, oh, this should be easy because I'm, I'm in the military. Well, guess what, people? <laughs> if you don't have your citizenship and you have a permanent residency with the U.S., you can actually join the military without a U.S. citizen. Wow. And so even then, they still didn't immediately recognize and give you citizenship? No. 
Like, thank you for your service. It's no, like, you're, right, when you got on you're officially a veteran now. Yes. <laughs> officially. Yes. <laughs> and still can't get citizenship. So, oh, that was my second application. Come on. And man. I Get followed, second application, okay, paid for my application, paid for the fingerprint, paid for the fee and everything, and send it off, and still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and still nothing. And nothing. So, so then, when I got out, um, you know, went back to school, moved back home. So, you still can't vote? I mean, I still can't vote. Okay. Still can't vote. So then when I got out of the Navy, I stayed in um, South Carolina for a year. And then my mom wanted me, my family wanted me to move back home. I moved back home. And then my mom said, why don't you get your citizenship? I said, oh, no. At this point, I'm a little bit bitter about it. And I have every reason to be bitter about it. Especially being a veteran, serving, you know, the country and everything. You would think that I would be able to get my citizenship. that's what I would think. So I told my mom, no, I said, they didn't want me. Evidently, the two applications, spent all that money. I, no. And then my mom kept on nagging me about it year after year, year after year. So fast forward. How many years did we fast forward? Fast forward to living in California in 2000. Four. So at this point in 2004, I already have my. I went to. I went to. Wow. I went to nursing school in California, and I became a nurse, and you know, do my own thing. Nine years out of the military. Nine years. Nine years out of the military. No, four years, eight years out of military. I reapplied. I reapplied in 2004. Mm -hmm. 2004, I. Did the third application in San Diego, California. And this time, I got a little bit smarter. Um, so I did my application. I paid. Uh, the price has gone up so much more. Fingerprinted. Uh, went and took the test. And when the gentleman said that I passed the test with flying color, yoo-hoo, I did put in one request. I requested that they put a note saying that they always have to have two agents on my with my case, dealing with my case, because this is my third application. So then thereafter, every six months, I would call the, the number right. to follow up on my status of my application. Oh, we're still um, doing a security clearance on you. We're still checking to see if mm. there's anything. I said, there I'm a veteran. Are. Right. You should be cleared through the Navy. Okay. Like, it's like top right. secret right. Every six months, right? So, moving fast forward to 2009. Five. Five years later. Five years later. 2009 yeah. in Bay Area <laughs> on, of California, I received a letter <laughs> asking me to go to San Francisco office, immigration office, to take a test. For my citizenship. I wasn't going to go, but I have to say Jamil and Vanessa encouraged me to go. I remember Jamil. Remember yes, Jamil. Jamil said, like my friend, I, yeah, I, I, okay. I uh, rented a room from them. I subletted a room from them back then. And I told them about it and they knew my situation. And I remember Jamil encouraged me and said, just go train. You never know what's going to happen from that. Just go. Just, you know. This is your opportunity. I said, okay, fine. So I went. 
that day when I went, um, got called in, called into, into this nice, lovely office. And I guess they um, allowed me to have two, two agents. So the lady was telling me, well, we need you to take a test again and blah, 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 right? So and I basically stopped her and said, excuse me. I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I said, this is my third application. I spent a lot of money. I said, I spent a lot of time. I am a good person. I have no criminal records. I am a veteran. I serve the United States Navy for four years. I said, and I'm a registered nurse at Stanford Lucille Packard Children's Hospital. I said, and if you're trying to tell me that I have to go through this whole process again, then you can go ahead, might as well deport me because I'm okay with you deporting me. Oh yeah, you gonna check that. Check that. <laughs> right. It's that rumble that we've been, right. we've been seeing in the conversation. Yes. Yeah, came straight out. Yeah, I did. Yes. Out. And then I also mentioned, I said, let me tell you something. I know of people who just marry to get citizenship here, and you guys okay with that. But if that's what you want to go ahead and do, go ahead and do it. But people like me who are trying to do the right thing, you don't want to give us the citizenship, that's okay. Go ahead and deport me. So the gentleman who sat in the corner in the dark, he didn't have any light around him. He was just sitting back there to listen. He stopped everything. He said, please stop. That's enough. He stood up and he apologized and he, and he thanked me for my service. Wow. And he said, ma'am, after today, within 30 days, you will receive a letter to come in and swear in. That's all you have to do. And guess what? 30 days like, later, wow. I got a letter. I came and I swore in. And I was not happy about it. I don't care. Because at this point, I'm checked out, right? I was about to say, it sounds like, like, sound like it's been a lifetime. Yes. Like, like you're, you're an adult already in your yes. career. Mm-hmm. You served in the Navy. You grew up. You went to high school, middle school, elementary. Like you, yes. You've been American, basically. Yes. Yeah. Served at the bottom of the ship. Right. Yeah, but that just talks about, like, that speaks to how bad our processes and yes. procedures are yes. within yes. the veterans' office, within the, yes. just, just the whole government office. Like, a lot of things. We talk about this in business a lot. A lot of things people do just for the sake of process. Right. Because it's always been done that way. This is the way we always do it. Like, every case has got to be different. Like, you got to allow for that flexibility. But I'm I'm glad you stayed and didn't get the point. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't mind either. You said, like, you have to go back. Like, whatever. (laughs) And I told my mother that, and she goes, you said what? I said, yeah. I told them, go ahead and deport me because I don't care. And I told them that I can survive. Mm -hmm. I'm a survivor. I said that. Believe me, once you deport me, I will survive in Vietnam. Right. <laughs> they may not like my waves. They may not like my mouth. They gonna send it back. But I will survive. Yeah, they gonna send it back. First boat. First boat back. They gonna be the same. They may. They may. They may. Yeah. But yeah, just it's really disappointing. It is. You know? It is disappointing. This and it's, that's that's not the only story I've heard like that though. No, it's, it's a lot there are a lot of people. people like, you might be black. Yeah, right. A couple of the guys that I worked with in corporate America had to go, like, they was working with me for years. Mm-hmm. And they had to go, and they were so happy they actually took the test and passed. But when they showed me the questions, I couldn't pass those tests. I, yeah. They asking, like, about history questions. Like, who, right. what happened in 1877? No, right. Like, no, no. Right. <laughs> we don't even know. Who, who the president is? I can't tell you all the presidents in order right now. I just don't. I don't know that. Right. And uh, so that test would have been, that test, you, 
I can't say you would have failed because you're very smart. I'm saying I couldn't have passed it. They give you a booklet. You Money makers. For it. it's you, it's, uh, you can study for a test and it's still like, okay, it's man. Cash nerd. Yeah. Like well, I, I'm so glad that, that you got through that, though, because you're here with us today and, and you that's another battle that you won. Like, it, but it just, yeah. I just keep hearing this theme of like you fought battle after battle through your life. Yes. Battle after battle. Well, well, now you understand why I am the way I am. That's what I'm saying. Like, that explains it, I right? Empathize. Like, I, I know, and I don't want you to change. Yeah. Baby, oh, yeah, yeah, please. Please. I'm already old. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm setting yeah. my face. We're going to talk about the next segment, Bobby. Yeah, yeah next Bobby, segment. I got to be aware. you know, don't test the system. Okay? Yeah, don't test the system. Rule and love the show. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay rooted.